Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 532. It's a post-Superbooth one, and uh, given the size and intensity of the show, it's actually, there's a lot to talk about. This was the big show in Berlin that happened over last weekend. Uh, we were there, uh, two of our three guests were there, and we have an innocent bystander who I'm looking forward to getting mm-hmm. their, uh, their their thoughts on my it was a great show um it's run by mr schneiders and um yes anyway we'll get on i just want to say thank you very much to our show sponsors uh, they're providing the prize isotope uh, you can win a copy of neutron 2 which is the excellent uh, mix and channel processing software which gives you all kinds of uh, plug-in uh, uh deliciousness dynamic eqs dynamics gating, spectral shaping, all kinds of good stuff. So um, we want to say hello to our YouTube chatties. Uh, if you subscribe to the channel, you'll get notified when we're live. Uh, we usually go live probably 20 minutes before the show, so you should have plenty of time to uh, pull over on the motorway or make an excuse to your boss to go home early, all of those things that you need to do. Uh, and also IRC, sonicstate.com forward slash live. Um, and um, yes, oh, it's a podcast to do with music technology. And forgot, I, I forgot to mention, if this is your first time and you just happened across us somehow in some kind of random fashion. So uh, anyway, let's get started. We'll start with um, our guests. Uh, first of all, uh, we'll just say hello to Mr. Jamie Liddell, who is there in Nashville. Hello. He wasn't at <laughs> Berlin Superbooth, but bizarrely used to live in Berlin and work in Berlin at the, pr- the earlier Superbooth venue of um, the Funk House, which we didn't go to. How are you, Mr. James? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Greetings from the Wooden Room. The Wooden Room, yes. In the Wood Room, we have Jamie Liddell. That's right. So, How yeah, have you been? I'd what like have you been to up represent, to? Uh, you know, not a great deal, actually. I'm building another sample pack for, for Splice. Um, that's my second Splice pack. So I always take these things on thinking, yeah, yeah, great, man. Build some samples. Then I'm up till like midnight just chopping up little like, you know, basically what I've been doing is running various noises through the time modulator and then just kind of, you know, they call it the uh, the Marshall time waster back in the day. Ah. And I'm starting to Re- understand why. Recouping some of that massive investment, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. exactly. Well, so but that's me. I've been I've been uh, lost in time. Ah, quite literally. Well, we've been lost in Berlin, so my other two guests have as well, because I've also got uh, Mr. Divkid, Ben Wilson, who we also saw. Not that often, though. Our paths didn't cross all that much. I kept seeing you on the stairs on the way to somewhere, and it would be uh, a brief hello. But uh, Divkid, Ben Wilson, of course, was there uh, covering the show uh, in his fashion as well with his... his Would you call your your associates your team, or are they uh, just uh, happy... Uh, uh, Superbooth goers that just helped um, out? Team, I guess. We've been a little bit silent lately, but um, me, Matthew and Greg uh, started a thing called Modular Podcast a while ago. Um, modular focused. Uh, you know, mega, mega nerdy. There might be two hours of talk on ways to use envelopes or, some. you know, we just super geek out for us. So, yeah, we kind of go over and do that together. Um, I did see, again, saw a little bit of you with camera rig and an already mid-conversation. Um, yeah, one thing, did you notice the clocks were in sync this year? Down the, Some um, of them, kind of yes. End. Yeah, they'd cabled under under the rug. They'd taken a rug, cabled underneath, and in big black tape, they'd put sync right across the whole rug, um, which really did take the edge off, even if they were slightly out of key or... 
you know, maybe not playing two complementary parts together. There are four of them, manufacturers in sync. That's a great idea. Was it to do Hell. with uh, Was it to do with this guy, the VPME clock? Because uh, I spot he was one of the guys who uh, who shouted the uh, uh, when I said when I said this right. is what happens last year. I did a, this is what happens when your clocks are in sync. And I didn't get the chance to go back and see him, but he he did give me this rather excellent module, which is a, a basically post its <laughs> on a on a uh, stuck on a on a on a I guess what's that an eight or a twelve HP module. And I wanted to apologise. It's Victor, I think it is. Um, and we did end up having a few beers on the Saturday Vlad. night. And I, Vlad, that's right. Sorry, Vlad. That's what presumably what the V was. So anyway, uh, but he he did a wireless one that worked over Bluetooth and would sync with. Uh, um, oh, what's the live thing? That one, Link. And that was pretty cool. So yeah, there was more clock sync, which I think is a really, really good idea. So, but I just before um, we wrap this section up, um, did you, uh, did you? I mean, you've done a load of modular stuff. You're not so often on camera. Did you find a lot of selfies were happening uh, during the show? Because I've never been quite so uh, photographed. And if I'd known, I'd award some something a bit more presentable. <laughs> um, yeah, quite a lot of can uh, kind I of get a photograph, which. You know, yeah, fine, if that's what people want. Um, more than last year. Um, and someone had a Polaroid, actually, and then handed me the picture. He oh, took what? a couple and then handed me a Polaroid of me, Matthew and Greg that I was filming with and uh, one of the Australian modular guys. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, not so much on camera, but I was flailing around and being stupid and, and saying silly things to, to people while they were trying to present gear, um, which I'm good at. Excellent. <laughs> We got a couple of other. We got a couple of other selfies. I'll just show you this. this there was this uh, thing. So uh, in the space of ten minutes, we got. Uh, I got look, mum, no computer. Who'd literally just got out of his van after driving for twenty hours straight from London, and then ten minutes before that, uh, oh where was it? And Mr. Andrew Huang as well. Oh, I, that's what I, we'd just done an interview in the park. So I did two of those, and I, and I thought, oh, it'd be interesting to see which one's more popular. Thinking Andrew Huang massively because he's got such a huge following. Tell you what. 488 likes to 677. So, look, man, certainly with our audience, anyway, seems to bring it. Anyway, Gaz, how are you? You were there, too, and you were in full Gaz mode. You were like Tigger. We were, we were calling you Tigger behind your back because you were so bouncy <laughs> and full of energy. Fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I was actually called by the Times back in 2013, the human Tigger, funnily enough. That was oh, really? my first mention in the Times, yeah. So, yeah, so there's definitely some correlation going on. Uh, how was Superbooth? Superbooth was absolutely amazing. And if any of you are not there next year, I'll tell you what, you should be ashamed. Everyone should come. It gets it unbelievably right. It becomes like an exciting festival that just happens to have gear around there. And... The spirit, you know, it's proper spirit going on. It's the kind of thing you go looking for. It was amazing. The coming together of all this like-mindedness, the friendliness and just the excitement, the tangible excitement is brilliant. It's so easy to kind of think of these trade shows as kind of kind of corporate kind of, you know, orgies. But this was something kind of, this was something special. You know, this is like pure. It's like, wow, I'm in this massive international community. And it's this feeling of togetherness. It's just, yeah, that blew me away. That was amazing. And just want to say thank you to just the amount of love. You know, it was amazing so yeah, much. I would uh, agree with that. It was fantastic. It really was. I mean, uh, and just to sort of, the Super Booth started off life, in case you didn't know, it started off life uh, as uh, Schneider's uh, Buero, it's a uh, 
very famous modular dealer, and he used to bring together some of the people that he'd distribute and bring them to uh, Music Matters to begin with, where he'd big a bigger booth and bring them all on board because they couldn't really organise or afford to have their own booth. And it just got bigger and bigger. And then eventually he just went, you know what, I'm going to do a show. And this is the third year. And Herr Schneider is a very unique and... Uh, uh, unusual individual, yes. brilliant guy. Absolutely I heard, brilliant. I heard, I heard a most amazing story about him. I, I, you know, I heard him variously described as being an artist and a visionary and all these kind of things. But the best story I heard was uh, apparently, I think this might be a Ken Macbeth story. Uh, but they, um, he invited a load of people to a party. So, and it was this kind of obscure address and people came to this party and it was like this really not very nice place. And they were like, why have we come here for this party? And next thing they hear this enormous noise and opposite, this building gets demolished and he timed the party because he knew that dem demolition was going to happen when everyone was at the party. Wow, that's come interesting. On. That's that's, that's pretty, pretty cool, isn't it? Is that Here's Herr Schneider yeah. right here. Here's him on the left, uh, not in uniform, but uh, with a fantastic shirt. That, and that's a, a, an unfortunate <laughs> example of uh, Instagram's auto-cropping. So there were actually four people in that photograph, but only he, three turned he's up. He's just so full of this amazing sort of, um, you know, uh, yeah. just personality and, jo and joyfulness. It was a, a real pleasure to, uh, to, to, to meet him. But, yeah, and I mean, you know, that's the... Yeah, no, sorry. And he's got the largest hands of any human being I've ever encountered. <laughs> I, he's like, you know, it's, I don't know, he's kind of farming stock or something. And his hands are, ap I mean, my, my hands are small, so his hands are probably twice the size of mine. And really sort of. And the irony is he's like got all that Euro rack. Yeah, that so is he's bizarre. He's like big <laughs> It's just kind of like, I, no wonder he sells it. He can't actually use it. I'm surprised he's not a 5U guy, really, like... yeah. <laughs> well spotted there, Jamie. I, I, like I, remember, that. Back, I remember back in the day when I used to go and see him in the early days at his bureau, just in, in, in Kreuzberg, and, you know, who would have thought he'd take it all this way? But there are characters like that in Germany. Of, you know, they have the DIY punk thing, but they add together this crazy energy and sort of motivation often you don't associate with punks you sort of imagine punks just sitting around hating things but i think the ones i met in germany are all kind of you know a lot of them are kind of really motivated to just do the thing that they do which is often pretty easy and in this case it just happened to sort of you know it's really cool hasn't it it's like it's bizarre to see all the news stories of a super booth the vast majority of them are like you know in a way yeah, it's astonishing. So and much exactly, so Very much. Nice. And I suppose that's a, probably a good yeah. start. Um, I suppose. Well, just, I, I, sorry, Gas. Yeah. I, I was just going to say though, the thing they they also did was they put on parties afterwards, and it was other parties going on in the night. Uh, and at that place, Sea uh, Base, where there was a bunch of parties going on, was just one of the most incredible places I've ever been. It was like partying on this in 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 Red Dwarf or in the set of Red Dwarf. That's the only way I can describe it. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, it was such an amazing party. I missed my flight home because I went to this party. Uh, I, got, yes. uh, I, I got in 10 o'clock in the morning. I, my phone had run out ages ago. It ran out ages ago, you know, because it was a long, long night. Got in. Managed to find my way back, though, to the Airbnb, which I was well in the east. Note to self, stay to the west stay to the west of uh of super booth because <laughs> everyone goes to the west and i'd go to the east so um anyway i finally got in and dung, I, I come into the room i just must have just gone out 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 for the count you know <laughs> 
But that's the thing. I don't care. I had such a great time. And that party, what? <laughs> Chenk was playing, uh, Chenk from Electron, uh, Mr. Dataline, you know. Um, and he is just so, I mean, seeing him do the product demonstrations is one thing, but he could just build a beautiful live set. He just really knows how to make a kind of completely engaging musical set that he's, that's constantly evolving and changing. And he doesn't know exactly where he's going to go with it. It's always kind of, he builds yeah. it as he goes. He's, and, he's, you know. he's the guy who knows how to work it that well. You're absolutely right. Mm. Right. Mm. We've got a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm going to start with the video that was the, uh, the biggest, by quite a long way from us. So uh, let's just begin so with a little bit here? of this. Well, something different, Pete. S something a little bit different from us. We, we did a synth and, uh, and we said we were going to do drum machines and here's an R&D prototype. Um, it's obviously based upon our one of our favourite mm. drum machines of all time, the 808. Um, very, very similar. Really I mean, good. it's big. It's not, it's big. not little, well, is it? it, it it's heavy as well. It's a... Uh, it, it kind of reminds me of, uh, of my favourite drum machine, which is a 626, which is something I remember going buying as a teenager. Uh, but we Right, so there it is, the uh, surprise. Uh, um, Berenger was showing, you know, a lot of... They showed a number of things. That was the first one to sort of come out of the woods. And, you know, it's a, an analogue 808 clone. I mean, but it's also got a, a, a shape, a, a transient designer in it and uh, a two-mode Moffat filter, so uh, uh, two poles, I think it's, uh, maybe it's four-pole, but it's high-pass and low-pass filters. I don't know who's into 808. Um, I mean, obviously, Roland got their boutique out, but this was a bit of a shock, actually. I mean, I didn't know this was coming at all. I think a lot of people, this was one of the first of many surprises. Uh, it's an interesting concept, because uh, Roland said it couldn't be done, and it uh, looks like they've done it. I don't know how you... Uh, have you got an 808, Jamie? Is it something you hanker after? Uh, I'd imagine you'd be a guy who would have one if you wanted one. Yeah. Uh, that does sound good. Now, they, by the time I was kind of aware of them, in the you know, they'd already start to be kind of naughty prices, and you know, who knew they were going to get like way naughtier than that? But you know, this was at the time when you could pick up like a Jupiter Eight for like you know three hundred quid. There was a time, you know, you remember that time? There was like a time when people were shedding all of that stuff. I mean, I'm showing my age here, but uh, yeah, I should have picked an eight eight up then. <laughs> but I, do, I feel I do feel a little bit I can't I can't I mean I did just buy the time modulator but not many people have those I mean uh, that's the thing I kind of feel with an 808 I probably would get a clone to be honest yeah it's a lot of money to spend on the real thing can and I, you know they all I, sound they all sound different can I cut in there you see because that's the thing that's kind of pretty to wait is there's like two departments in Behringer. There's one that's kind of just doing the more straighter clones. And then there's the kind of Midas dudes who just are refusing to do the straight clones. So they're having to go, we're not just going to do, we're going to make it better. And I think that's what's really interesting about this. Just the having that master filter. What was it? The wave shaper thing on the left, Nick? What was that exactly? Well, it's, a, tra it's a transient shaper. Um, a transient again, shaper. analog, oh, yeah. transient shaper slash compressor mm -hmm. that is. But that you, that you could put on any of the, well, you could choose which tracks went through that, whereas everything went through the filter, but also just the whole kind of layout. I mean, recently I did the review of the boutique. So what that entailed for me was really having to get familiar with the, the workflow of the original 808, which I'd never had actually had ever properly done before. Uh, so it was just really interesting to go, well, actually, why copy, why clone the bits that are not so good? Why not Why not have a crack at making a better version of the 808? And I think that's what's, that I think is the thing that's most interesting to me. Yeah, and that, also that... the fact it's, 
sounded really, it sounded the real deal. I got to be honest. It, it did sound good. Yes. I, yeah, I should point out, we asked Pete whether or not that they were going to work on uh, real-time record and do some workflow stuff because one of the guys that's in the Midas team is really into drum machines. So I think they're gonna, there's going to be more to it. So it won't just be that sort of step time thing. Although they are going to stuck with the interface they've got, I suppose. But yeah, well, it's interesting. They did they did it with a deep mind, though, didn't they? You know, the the, the brief was to sort of bring back to bring back the Juno, and they brought out the deep mind, which, which is, is something phenomenal. Else, really, yeah. yeah. So, you know, hopefully that we'll see something like that go on with this. So I think it is actually a bit more exciting than perhaps you know thinking of it as just simply a clone. And yeah. uh, was a price point discussed? No, but I can't imagine it's going to be exceptionally expensive. I mean, you know, that, that's well, been, they seem um, to be. Fi- they're fixating on this three hundred dollar sort of like as though that's the kind of golden price point. So, wouldn't it be interesting if it came in for three hundred dollars? Uh, would be three hundred uh, euros. Ken, yeah. Ken Flux Pierce in the chat room is just saying yes. Uh, not all the synths uh, are done by the Midas team. That's very true. I think the Pro One, which is also shown, and the MS One Hundred One, which is also shown, and the RS, whatever it is, was also shown. Is not uh, Ben. What do you reckon? You because you got the scoop on the uh, Odyssey as well, didn't you? But did you check out the Eight Hundred Eight? I didn't get chance, but I did watch your video in the hotel room, and I like that they've added a couple of extra things. The big thing with the 808 is I think so many people have spent a lot of money on them, maybe people that have been DJing old electro, really used to the sound of you know the music made on 808s, and they get one, you know, they're dropping about £2,500 on one at the minute, and it doesn't sound like what the records do because as we all would with most drums, there's compression and EQ and some saturation. And I like that they've just thrown it on there. Um, and the ability to choose which ones hit that transient designer, which made me think of the SPL transient designer, but it's kind of compression in a way as well. So, you know, whether you want the kick to hit it or just, I mean, I don't know why you just hit the hi-hats in it, but, you know, <laughs> some control, some range, some filtering is a kind of nice performance thing. Um, yeah, and, and I think, you know, to my personal take on it is that others have had a long enough time to maybe redo an analog version of the Roland one. They've got some hindsight as well. Um, you know, there's years of clones and official and not official clones in modular and desktop and software, and they've kind yeah. of had chance to go, let's make this a bit bigger. Let's put these couple of extra things on there that's going to make it tweakable and performable. I would have liked to have seen, I must admit, I, I, I was surprised I didn't. there wasn't any kind of tuning for the bass drum and tuning for the toms. Uh, where is it tuning for the toms? I can't remember. But, you know, the stuff that you now see in kind of modern recreations, which have, you know, the ability to tune certain aspects of it. To I, make I, think, it. I, think it'll, I think it'll change. I think it will change as it develops. I don't think what we saw there is how it will come out. I That's think, a shame. I'd like to I see the Tipex font. I think that would look really good. <laughs> yeah. It would be cool if they added, like, some kind of MIDI in so you could kind of use it as a bunch of almost individual drum models. Uh. You could send in like notes mm. just just to the kick, and sort of essentially sequence mm. externally. Then basically, because a lot of hip hop and stuff, you just use that. You basically yeah, only that, use. The I didn't notice whether it had any uh, MIDI on it. I, well, it, no, it had it. It did. It had, I think it has because it had a USB uh, socket, so it would uh, have MIDI on it. But uh, I don't know do whether you know it would... every sound had its mm. every sound had its yeah. own MIDI channel. I see what you mean. I d- yeah, I, I did I, a little. I, Who's sorry, next? guys, go. I, I did a little, we did we did a little follow up video, and I, I I ran off with it down the corridor, and um, it was just being <laughs> stupid. Uh, Where's that video? Run off with it. It's online. Yeah, it's up there. It's 
I haven't got it immediately no, to hand. I'd handed it. I'd handed it over. I could feel like a component going. <laughs> so, so oh, just no. kind of thinking, oh, perhaps, perhaps, and then midway through the the demo, it stopped working. So I was like, I went back uh, the next day. I was like, oh gosh, I'm really sorry. Did I break it? But um, they said no, it's fine. We got it working. It, it's all cool. I was just like, yeah, oh, no. well, it was a product. It yeah. was a production. Um, it's not. It's not just a sort of general. Yeah. Um, okay. Well. Uh, anyway. I mean, that was by um, far the biggest one. Ben? Just really quickly to put in there, uh, Rob Belcham is in the YouTube chat, who's one of the Midas designers, saying we've just added the kick tuning, the clap offset, and hi-hat filter mods. Oh, cool. So Gaz is yeah. on it. He's going to keep developing. Uh, yeah, on the YouTube. Right. That's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Quality. Nice. Hey, Rob. Yeah, cool. Rob, Rob is where? Right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, hello to I'd, Rob. I'd love some CV over that bass drum, even That's if it's it. just a single That's CV for the bass drum. <laughs> well, as well as MIDI, but CV would be more useful. Get him, get there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a quick straw poll. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they were talking August. I mean, that was the sort of projected time. I don't know. You know, it's, wow. it's always the last kind of 10%, isn't it, that, that takes the time. So I, I don't know if that's... They're going to do it at 8 aren't they? They're going to do it at 8 oh eight. Yeah. Eighth of the eighth, yeah, they'd have to, wouldn't they? That's a good, yeah. good call. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's an a date to aim for, right? Um, okay, let's just quickly um, have a, a word from our friends over at Isotope. This is Neutron Two, which has got, as it says, six award-winning processors. Uh, we've got EQ, a multiband EQ, a dynamic EQ. Uh, there we go, multi-band dynamic EQ, which is really, really useful for uh, just fixing little things that pop out once in a while. Uh, lots of tweakability, soft saturation. Oops, wrong fader. Uh, and there's also uh, multi-band compressors as well. Uh, I think this has got spectral shaping. I'm trying to remember, vintage and modern modes. I mean, really, if you're processing, like uh, it's like, think about it as the most fully featured channel strip you're ever likely to encounter. Fully featured gate. Uh, Hysteresis hold smooth getting really useful. Multiband transient shaper, speaking of which, which again can add all sorts of punch and soften things that perhaps are a bit hard. Uh, Multiband excite, I mean, there is so much in the Neutron package, it's well worth checking out the. Uh, um, sorry, someone just reached in for the phone there. <laughs> well worth checking out. If you go to isotope.com forward slash Neutron, uh, you can check out. I think there's a 10 day free demo. And if you do any mixing at all or any processing, I mean, this whole podcast goes through Neutron at the final stage. That The live stream goes through Neutron in real time. Really, really uh, uh, useful. Great for getting all kinds of sounds. If you look for the FM sound or repairing or just sweetening. Well worth checking out. Um, so uh, we had a competition, I think uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. So we asked you uh, for uh, track assistant, the hashtag track assistant, the hashtag Neutron. And the winner is someone called Just Mull, uh, who on Twitter is at JustMull01. Uh, one assistant for each of my tracks. Thanks. Uh, so if you want to get in touch, JustMull at JustMull101, you have won the last copy of Neutron. If you want to enter for this week's competition, we're looking for the hashtag Mix Masking Meter because it also has that feature. So you can actually sort of visually see what the, uh, the where the crowded frequencies are in your mix, which you might not be able to hear on your speakers. So uh, the hashtag Mix Masking Meter, the hashtag Neutron to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. via Twitter. So that's... The hashtag mix masking meter. God, I can't say that very fast. And the hashtag 
Neutron 2 to at Sonic State and at Isotoping, and you'll be entered to win. So, um, what did I have next on the list? Ah, Gaz, I think you'll probably be pleased about so this. Hi, Peter. Hi, hey. how are you? Uh, we're here at the Polyend booth. Um, you've got the Medusa here, right? Which oh, is yes. Dreadbox and Polyend's collaboration, right? Exactly. This thing this is, is something crazy, we've been working crazy. for the last nine months, and we've, we're waiting for this super booth reveal for all those nine months. Now, I'm going to jump in there because uh, I spoke to Peter and he was saying, you know, I'm always the first to jump on comments when people just talk and talk and talk and don't demo. And he said, I just did that in the Sonic State video. And he was really, but it was all very interesting stuff. But essentially, this is the collaboration between uh, Dreadbox and uh, Polyend. Uh, and it, on paper, I mean, it's got this, it's astonishing. So he, the synthesis engine, Three analog oscillators, three digital oscillators, five LFOs, five envelopes, uh, a bunch of other stuff. A multi-mode filter. Uh, I think it's actually it's polyphonic up until the filter, so it's got VCA per voice, but it hasn't got uh, a polyphonic filter. But then you've got the sequencer where you can essentially store the the amount is is you know, uh, track motion effectively. So, you, but you can store a single a new an entirely yeah. new patch per step, yeah. and it's just. And I think it's going to be nine 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 euros, which I think is almost you know you could almost pay that just for the synth, you know. And I think yeah. it seems like a buy. And it's absolutely rammed full of uh, features. I'm going to come to you, Jamie, first, just because you've got a seek. Yeah, I saw one there, uh, which and I've seen I've that showing up in a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people uh, using those for live stuff. Are you thinking yeah, about I'm, this? Oh, um, I'm not, but that's only. Well, I might actually. Um, I might be entering back into the live stream. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing to look at, beautiful thing to use, super flexible. Yeah, I love it. I love all the build stuff. I I frequently talk with with uh, Mr. Mr. Polyend, and uh, and he's he's wonderful. He's always super fast and responsive, and he really cares. And I think you know it all comes across. That enthusiasm is pretty infectious. Just even watching him talk about the product and how buzzing he is. You know, it's pretty undeniable. They just didn't stop, did they? They were like, "What else can we do? Let's try and let's try and do this." He understands the modern world. Like, you know, you can't just put out a synth with a bit of a sequencer on it. It's just not gonna. No one's gonna be buzzing. He's so right. He's created a buzz because he knows what's going on. He's listened to people, and they've got the skills to do it. So, yeah. Hats off, man! It's looking looking really rad. I, I yeah. want one. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I must admit, I, I think it looks pretty good. Uh, Gaz, you were—I know because you—you've got a preview of this at Nam. You got to see it before anybody else, and I—I uh, I didn't know what it was until literally the day it came out. Because uh, I know I saw it—I saw it the day before. They said you were—I went to see Yanis. He wouldn't do a demo, but he said, uh, <laughs> "Do you want to see something?" And he showed me, and it was, and he told me, gave me the lowdown. I was like, "Ooh, that's pretty cool." Mm, okay, I mean. Something I thought was really cool here, though, is two, you know, relative, very small manufacturers coming together and making something to take on the biggest and best in the industry. You know, that's what's exciting, I think. Just uh, and this is definitely driven by this, uh, you know, Polyend are very smart guys. I'm, I'm totally intrigued to see what they're going to be doing in the future. But anyway, but back to the Medusa, something you have to bear in mind with the Medusa, those 64 pads on the left, each one of them. Not only is an XY is an XYZ pad each one, so you oh, can so kind of you can have each one of them pads, and you can have like you can store in each one of those pads uh, a preset, 
you know, uh, you know, you can make a preset. You can save it to one of those pads. But you can save it with the notes on as well. So you can kind of store. You know, you could make like a melody up and have all each note with all different kind of uh, parameter settings on there. And then, but each note, then you could have like you know, filter on the on the Y, uh, uh, whatever you wanted it to do. Uh, you know, pitch across the X or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, impressive. Well, it's re- it's yeah. really impressive, isn't it? Really impressive. I have yeah, to agree yeah, and it is kind of it's it's the form factor is really nice. It's it's kind of it's quite big, but not too big. It's just sort of I think they've just got it. It looks sexy as well. It's got really kind of nice appeal to it. Totally modern. I think Jamie's absolutely right. I think this is this is this is a completely like now product really, and the fact that they yeah. put those digital oh, really? oscillators in oh look you know 448 mm. likes for a picture of the medusa which is almost as many as andrew huang got um so <laughs> but the, there was the, there was a little bit of controversy some people they weren't sure whether that it would be you know whether you should have a left hand pad or a right hand pad i don't know ben you you saw this i mean it's not quite in your mode because it doesn't really have an awful lot of control i was thinking there's you know there's not much cv or anything or any it's just a midi in and out isn't it on that thing and usb as far as i yeah. can tell yeah, personal interest in it, but in terms of Superbooth, just had a ton of work to get through all the modular stuff and, and people I'm working with. So I didn't get, in fact, I, I pretty much walked past it a few times without chance. Um, yeah, the left right thing's interesting. I don't know which, I'm right handed, but I don't know which way I'd want to play it. But if it's, you know, it's an, it's an instrument and it's a very capable instrument, and I think we could learn to play it. I don't think it really matters which side it's on. Um, it does look sizable, and and I'd mirror what what uh, Gaz and Jamie said. It, it looks like a modern synth, playable. Um, I'm sure it will sound great. The other Dreadbox stuff I've heard sounds great. Poly end sequencing and the accuracy of that is amazing. Um, you mentioning that there's several VCAs, but not but only filter. I'm a bit geeky, but I'm curious as to where they are in the signal path, because if all the VCAs come before the filter, you've potentially got some dynamic uh, saturation into the filter, rather than the oscillators just hitting it full pelt. Um, and then that gets really a bit more exciting for me. Um, if you envelope the sound through a VCA first, the peak of the envelope you can make sure clips, but will, but then, you know, a lower sustain won't have it clip. Interesting. Um, it's a question that comes up a bit, you know, should I, with modular, should I put the VCA before or after the filter? And the usual thing is put it at the end and just control the final shape. But there's no kind of reason not to put it beforehand. Um, oh, <laughs> it's ideal. Um, but yeah, it, it, I'd, I'd love to get my hands on one. Um, it looks very, very good. It does, and I, I think uh, from what I heard, I heard a little bit. There is, I don't know, I didn't see anybody else's demo. I'm sure, you know, because the thing is, is we're under pressure to get things first. So quite often, what happens is we get it first, and the people aren't really as they haven't got their chops up together. Because if it's a brand new product, they haven't kind of spent the time working on the demos. Because quite often, you know, they they get it through the door just in time. In fact, we were going to try and do something with them on the Wednesday, sort of pre-show, but they said, well, we've got to program some patches in it and stuff. You know, that it's really that empty of of, of things. So it's something to bear in mind. You know, when you kind of moan about uh, perhaps a demo isn't so great, it's often because you know, a we need to get it first, and b they want it to get it out there. So there's there's a compromise to be made there. So you know, if there will be 
other demos along shortly. Um, I want to come back to you, Ben. I mean, because we've been talking, we haven't been talking very modular, have we? So um, just a quick sort of interjection on, you know, for you. I mean, I know there was a lot of stuff. Ed did a lot of things. I don't generally cover the modular stuff, though I did a bit. I mean, what were the highlights from from your point of view? And I'll see if I can find the videos. Yeah, um, a few things, really. I mean, personal highlight was... Um, codec at Erica Sims, who was just coiled and primed and ready to go as some sort of coiled up snake techno machine ready to pounce at any moment. I, I'd heard a few <laughs> patches he'd done on other people's systems outside of Erica Sims. Um, we did a demo with them on their techno, um, kind of 6U techno case with drums and a basic synth voice and things. About nine, half nine in the morning, he's just absolutely on it. And, and then I was going around the rest of the event and someone said, oh, we can't demo this patch yet. I've got to sit with this all morning and figure out what's going on. Codec was around. It was like this unsung hero of um, patching up modular. Um, but yeah, the Erica Sims techno drum system, the Black Noir that you covered um, yeah. from Endorphin. Um, just in terms of scaling back these huge modular drum systems that could in some ways be more easily replaced with a drum machine. Um, I really like what they did, some performable mutes, some onboard effects, a couple of tunable things per voice, and it was CR78 based instead of 808 or 909, which seems really odd, but they just took that idea of there's one noise source and we're going to make a clap and some hats and some cymbals from this one shared noise source. So it had a really kind of common top end, but the bass drum was all reworked, and it just didn't sound like anything else being based on a different circuit as opposed to just a 909 or 808. Um, beyond that, I think for me, the ALM stuff, a sampler that was very fast. Ah, uh, yes. I think there are videos up for that as well. Um, Multi-voice sampler, not too bogged down and heavy on features, really quick just to get some loops going and some sounds into a system. I thought that was really good. And I think the thing that really stood out the most was the Chaos Devices uh, Odessa additive oscillator um, which first caught my attention thinking that sounds different to everyone else's booth as I walked past it wasn't acid house it wasn't stranger things it wasn't all the other things I heard several hundred times <laughs> uh, in various guises um, it's just because it would do full proper additive synthesis around 512 harmonics I think it's very very different sound um, mm, and I really like what those guys are doing so sonically, that was the first kind of ears pricking up. This is very different to, to other shows. Um, but yeah, a lot. I guess we're too much good stuff to go to. It was it, difficult, guess, wasn't it? It was really yeah. difficult. You're absolutely right, because there mm. was so much. I mean, there is, uh, we've done, I think we've done over 70 videos so far. There's going to be more. I did a few uh, Meet the Makers and what have you, uh, interview with Andrew Quang and uh, uh, Vlad Crimer Vlad from... Um, uh, Soma Laboratories, really interesting guy. Chris Randall from Audio Damage, brilliant interview with him. He's a really fascinating guy. I can't wait to get that one up there. Uh, and Tom Carpenter also from Analog Solutions. I mean, there's t there's a ton of th that kind of stuff there that was just... And like I said, people have held off. They didn't release previous to this, which may mean that some of those things were a bit more ready than we often see at these kind of events because they didn't do it at NAM, and obviously Mesa is not really kind of part of their world anymore. I'm not so sure. I I, I just think you know it it's all all good stuff. Um, Jamie, did you get a chance? Oh, sorry. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, just one quick. 
I think the UK guys were, were not to rule anyone out, but I think the UK guys were really kind of had a strong range of products this time as well. Um, Alan at AGH with a Mega Swarm, you know, big kind of unison detune multi oscillator thing from a single input was great. Um, the abstract data stuff, he's always just got a really tight, refined, small rig making great patches of music on not much gear. And he's really engineering his products to suit problems as a kind of performer and musician. So that really appeals. As soon as he starts telling you what something is, you're like, all oh, right, okay, I can ditch about half a row of modules now because this will do this one musical functional thing. Oh, um, and as I said, as well, an instrual, um, the guys up in Glasgow, they had some really strong products too. Yeah, uh, that, that sort of stuff is coming up. I mean, from an outside point of view, Jamie, what did you... You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm not expecting you to say uh, that you watched every single video or even a, a small proportion on them. I know you're a busy guy, but you know, the, what was the sense that you got coming out from that show? Was there a buzz out because we were in the bubble? We, you know, it was a buzz there, but I don't know whether you know. I mean, the views of the videos was enormous, so I'm guessing there is a bit of a buzz out about this show. I mean, what were people, what what was your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I saw like Prophet X and like you know the the you know the yeah this Polyan thing. The modular stuff slightly goes over my head. Only just, I've kind of made a pact with myself not to get involved with Eurorack just for my own sanity and for my marriage. I made the same pact. <laughs> and uh, much as I am deeply tempted, uh, it's sort of like I deliberately file it in the naughty category of my brain. <laughs> Um, but I did. So I was curious that you he put out a little module because yeah. I love those guys, and also the Bastile, Bastile, hey, Bastile. Yeah, those that tuning thing sort of seemed pretty odd. Like uh, it can tune stuff. Was did I catch that right? It's I didn't like see that. Ah, yeah. oh, okay, that's interesting. And those guys yeah, the way that yeah, what that does is you play a MIDI note C into it and it will listen back to the oscillator pitch. And it doesn't adjust the oscillator, it will readjust the CV it's sending out to go, this should be this note, and it's not, so I'm going to send a different voltage until it is right. Oh, um, does it do it custom scaling? Does it do custom scaling as well, so that if your scaling's off, you can fix it? I'm not sure it goes quite the full expert sleepers route, where it oh, will... that would be really where good. Where the expert sleepers one works is it plays every MIDI note from lowest to highest and we and we'll do like a custom curve. If it kind of doesn't track higher pitches well or low, it will shelve and adjust. Uh, they mentioned different intonations and things though. So that may be quite a creative tool for people. Huh. And a quick one for tuning all this stuff, which can be a bit of a pain. Yeah. <laughs> just want, you kind of want a one button solution for that sort of thing. Don't you? If you can. Yeah. Uh, we actually, um, while you mentioned the Profit, because the Profit X was the first thing that I went to see, uh, because it's a really big release, it, it, and, and that's part of the problem with Super. There was so much stuff there. Yeah. It's almost like, so oh much. yeah, and the Profit X, you know, the Pro which is a really <laughs> incredible <laughs> instrument. And uh, um, we went to see Jerry Bassman. Before we start, I know there was a lot of comments. Is like, oh. he was the first guy I saw on the first day of the show, and he uh, had been sent a software update the night before which had basically overwritten all his patches that he had prepared for his demo, but he very gamely jumped in. So I'm going to just Hey, Jerry. So you were my first port of call here on the Dave Smith booth at Superbooth all right. with the Profit X, which is a really exciting thing. I mean, we were sneaked it at, at NAM, but now it's here, right? 
Yeah, there was the teaser on, uh, I think, Friday, and then uh, the announcement on May 1st. The Profit X. Yeah, there was a little discussion there. How does, is it going to be X or 10? Profit X will do it sequential. Um, and when you look at it, it's a beautiful new synth from Dave Smith Instruments. I'm re really proud to be here at Superbooth showing it. Um, uh, image. Let me so see if I can find some sounds. Now, Profit X is quite interesting. It basically uses sample sources, which is done in uh, a conjunction with 8DI. It's got an SSD in it with 150 gigs of multi-samples that you can then do some really interesting stuff in terms of sample manipulation and then fire it all through the effects, uh, and combine it with the uh, DCOs and all that kind of thing. And that it's it sounds really good. Uh, I mean, I've heard it. I heard it before at Nam when Jerry had his sounds in it, and he what he played this demo where he starts with a piano and just turns it into something completely, you know, absolutely different, totally. But there's some really cool things you can do. So you can maybe choose the lowest note of a piano, and then just go. Actually, I love that across the entire keyboard. So you can pluck it out of the uh, of the key group, and then do sort of granular stuff and modulate the loop point. I mean, there's loads of really interesting things. I don't know, Jamie, I'm coming to you because you mentioned it and uh, did, it's yeah. not a modular synth. <laughs> there you go, see? <laughs> right up my alley. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, it does, it's pricey. It's a yes. little bit naughty price-wise. And I had my eyes on that, you know, because I'm a massive SP1200 dude, so I had my eyes on that simulator, you know? That's probably the one piece that sort of caught my attention the most, thinking, oh, man, it's got to be good if, if Rossens has done it, whatever. But um, obviously, Ben, you, I'm sure you know, but I've been curious. But I like, I love my early ways of making music. I had an Akai S950 back in the day. That was everything to me. I did all my music with the sampler. So I'm, I'm just all about samplers. Even to this day, I still think it's probably the most potent sort of... Uh, I, I, I love working and manipulating samples and there's not a i have a profit 2000 you know and like i love putting the analog filters on the samples but it's a pain in the ass that machine it's showing its age i don't love using it i would love to have a machine that's really modern obviously they're going to add user content on the samples. yeah you can't sample with this keyboard that should be pointed out right it just, that's yeah. fine it doesn't yeah. that doesn't matter i mean it would be cool if you could put an input in and sort of capture stuff but whatever you know, Electron do all that, don't they, for people who want that. And uh, I, I like the idea that this is kind of a, a way to sit at a machine and just sort of sculpt and just kind of enjoy the experience of sitting at a machine because I, I, love, I love things like that, self-contained. And, and, you know, but, yeah, that's probably, that's probably a good lead-on saying that to the Omnisphere thing, the, that 2.5, because that, mm. that was big news, I, I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get onto that. I was yeah. going to get onto that. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. it's just, I, I cut in then because I think that that same thinking is what's informed this new Omnisphere uh, 2.5. Uh, Maybe update. so, yeah. Well, let me, um, I don't know, Ben, I, I don't know, again, Prophet X, did you get a chance to hear that? I guess you were probably in modular world, so. But it's a big news. No, I, I think it's about four grand. So it's, you know, it's a chunky beast of a thing. Yeah, it's, again, it's one of those I would have liked to have gone to try it out. Um, my, in my head, my keys playing's not up to scratch enough for me to want something like that. If you know, and I can appreciate it for, for what it is. And I had some friends say, make sure you go and play that. Um, that that would be more suited to the product, and just didn't get a chance. 
Um, yeah, that's that, that is the way it goes in this sort of environment, isn't it? Quite often. Yeah. 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 Oh, just want to say a quick shout out to Synth Anatomy in the chat room. We ended up sharing a room together and spent quite a lot of time with him, hey. Tom. Hello there, Mr. Synth Anatomy. Thank you very much um, for bailing us out for our last night so we could afford a beer and a tram home. It was very kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, um, yes, but let, I mean, this is another thing. So Omnisphere, uh, of Spectrosonics, mm. obviously one of the show sponsors uh, uh, for our coverage, much appreciated. And uh, I'll play a little bit of it because there is, there is, this is a 30-minute video. Hey, Eric Persing here at uh, the Spectrosonics booth at Superbooth. Your, yeah. th your first time, first right? First time at Superbooth. Yeah, very uh, excited. Oh, it's a great show. You're <laughs> going to love it. And um, you're showing something big and new. I mean, this is kind of unusual for you guys. Yes, it is. It yeah. is. And um, this is kind of the perfect place to show it. It's the very first time we're introducing it. And that is, um, we have a new version of Omnisphere, uh, that's version 2.5, and has an, an incredible new feature called Hardware Synth Integration. Okay. And um, so what this is, is the biggest problem with software synths, as I'm sure you well know, is that you can't touch them, and you can't interact with them. And so hardware synths have that immediacy, and it's just a completely different workflow. So. Uh, the world's kind of always been divided into the software sense versus the hardware sense people, which is kind of ridiculous. And so I'm going to just fast forward here because I think if, you, if you're HW and you pull that up and then you select what synth that you want to control Omnisphere with. Right. And so um, now I've got uh, a full full control uh, from the Voyager. So this is a very old synth, but I can, all the features of the, of the Voyager are now working in Omnisphere. So obviously cut off things like that resonance, but I've got all the different oscillator controls. So, so are you, you're creating kind of a, a virtual architecture that matches the that's hardware right. synth. That's exactly, that's right. So, uh, so we—that's uh, the other big thing about this uh, update—is that we've doubled the power of Omnisphere. So we've gone from two layers to four layers. So we now have, and we've doubled the amount of modulation. So yeah, big update from them, and a free update as as well. And. For, to begin with, people were kind of like, I don't get it. But then when you see it in action, and Eric is, you know, about the best guy to display it because he's just so brilliant at sound design. So you can utilize, I think there are 20 synths currently supported. They're going to add more. A lot of the uh, Dave Smith ones, the Moog stuff. And you essentially just have one-for-one -one control. And if there's a control in there that perhaps doesn't really make sense... Uh, like an external input or whatever, they map it to something else and use and and so in, I, I, and this is what I put to myself. So, so essentially, you're improving on the GUI of the hardware synth. A, a synth manufacturer can't do that because they've made them and they've shipped them. Whereas you can just go, yeah, let's use this knob for this instead. But everything else remains the same. It was a really interesting idea. I don't know. Did you get a chance to to see? I mean, it's a long video. Yeah, and I, I, I really uh, worked out my biceps holding that camera up for that long. I can tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I, I was, uh, I saw Eric and uh, Eric was keen to tell me about it. And I was going, but does it support the sledge? And he said, oh, not yet, but uh, I'll make it support it for you. So I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold him to that because I thought the sledge would be a brilliant interface for, for that. And, but they said they're going to do that. That they're going to, I think it's going to, yeah, they've got 20 now, but they're going to kind of keep well, on and, and adding. The boutiques they've got notably, which a lot of people oh, will have. Boutiques. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's a really clever idea. This is because I think um, 
I, I can just, you know, relating it to my own experiences of um, over the last six, seven years of going away from software and more into hardware. But, you know, when it comes to actual a lot of production work, that in the box stuff is just unbeatable for certain things and just that way that it's it, it brings the two together in a very interesting way so again you know you need you need your synth your own particular synth to be covered by it because this isn't like a kind of auto map type of situation no it's well they are and i should point out that also working on the control law for all of the you know it's not yeah. just a one-to-one -one thing it's mm. not like naught and one to seven they're they're, they're yeah. scaling it uh, and they're also doing if you press effects it might instantiate the effect. Mm. there's lots of stuff like instantiate. that instantiate yeah. it does it does things that you, you just your general midi mapping stuff doesn't have the ability to do like as you say instantiating uh effects or or or, or modulation routings you know just just by turning a knob will then cre will create that routing uh, so very clever and uh, I didn't see that coming and I think it's a brilliant move for Spectrasonics to do that yeah and up there, the boutique I, thing is super smart because like yeah. that, you know when, when we do want to use Omnisphere like for me for example I've got all these synths here if I go and travel go to LA do a co-write or whatever and then it was like oh man let's get a synth going and, and you know that's the perfect time you mm. want to have a portable synth so you've got your portable mm. rig you've got a portable synth but you've actually got something that's actually hands on everyone could get a bit of a buzz on because otherwise then you've got to map everything to a controller. It should be fast, but it's not fast. Everyone wants things to be like super quick and immediate. So that's cool. It's a great idea. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting to see which of the boutique synths wins the Omnisphere War because they're all going to be like a different experience, <laughs> aren't they? You're going to get a different, you know, Same. one of them is probably one of them. Uh, well, yeah, I should also, well, we, we need to point out that not only uh, is it one-to-one -one control, but the waveforms for a lot of those synths have been put in. So you're controlling essentially a virtualization to some degree of the synth that is one-to-one. -one. It's not just I'm controlling Omnisphere, I'm controlling the same architecture and the same waveforms in many cases that this synth has. So the System 8 was a really good integration and he, he demonstrates that and says, look, this is the actual, this is what's happening to the wave and we've made it happen in real time. So uh, that, I mean, that, that is another thing to bear in mind. It's not just a kind of, oh, now I'm just controlling all of Omnisphere. I mean, controlling the elements of Omnisphere that match up to this synth, if you see what I mean. Do you, do you think, do you think they had did they, because they wouldn't have been able to do that due to sort of just your, your typical sort of uh, Minimoog Model D Type 3 oscillator. So many synths have got, say, three oscillators that their, their two oscillator system wouldn't have worked, would it? So they, they probably had to expand the engine in order to accomplish Yeah, maybe so. So there's those layers. Um, uh, Synth Anatomy actually says in the chat room they've also modelled the OB6 filter in there. So the OB6 is a really good emulation as well. Mm. It's an interesting concept. I know, Ben, is it... Again, you know, sitting there with a load of modulars behind you, but you know, make in terms of making music and kind of getting on with it. Do you? I don't know if you use Omnisphere at all. I mean, lots of people do because it's just got such a massive amount of sounds. I haven't used it for years. They had it at the university I was at. Sounded great, and just not something I went into. But since then, I've used a lot of software. And as Gads, Gads said, for production work, you just can't beat the immediacy of the software. Two things come up, though, that I think are really interesting. If it's going to model the gear as well to some degree, that potentially turns your monosynth into some real beast of a polysynth. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And also, either doing that to create more layers of the same sound or of a different sounding atmosphere, when you're wanting to layer up different parts, but you know you want an LFO that's 
moving a filter to get faster so you're doing it on the synth and playing and jamming live and as we all would with audio then i guess chopping out the little kind of nice performances and transitions in the jam they're all there on all the parts and you can then send different midi to it to create chords and yeah i think that's a really really good tool um that's quite exciting really because i i almost get into the mentality of not turning a lot of the hardware on when i've got production work to do it's too slow and takes too long and if i've been jamming and it sounds great and then i feel like i need to pull up some polysynth software and i need to try and replicate it in automation and or mapping you know mapping midi controllers takes me oh, long it's, yeah it's, it's just a complete yeah, creativity killer it should isn't it? be quick but it's not yeah well it's the holy yeah, grail no, isn't it it's sort of it, it is. is actually the holy grail of you know i mean we had uh, we've had various controllers you know throughout music technology history you know there was the imposca 2 controller which was a brilliant one for one thing and completely changed the way that you react that you forget it's a software synth you just don't care it's just like i'm actually interfacing with some hardware and that that was in many ways way ahead of its time but also you know one for one it, it didn't work with i mean you could map it to other things but those mappings because they're set with the synth it comes with, it's not like what you do. What you do, like in Logic, is you might go, "I've got." I used to use this. I used to use KS4 because I had lots of knobs on it, and I'd map it all. But the thing is, it opened another session, and if I hadn't saved it in my default, I'd have to do it all over again. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just, uh, I mean, I know there are better workarounds and ways around that now, but yeah, it's 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 a br- it's a brilliant move that you d- that that actually takes a while to kind of figure out. Oh, okay, yeah, that's I see where this is actually going and it's really it's, yeah brilliant brilliant move do you think they'll do some partnerships you're going to get spectrosonic and roland going into a package deal so you get like omnisphere plus a boutique they would make sense wouldn't it would make yeah. sense i don't see spectrosonics doing that as a company they're very closed they're sort of you know yeah i don't know but it would make interesting sense company. i mean dealers might bundle it i suppose that's the other possibility but would make yeah sense. they're going to ultimately sell more hardware since so the hardware manufacturers should be uh, thankful and I, I've got a Voyager, and I must admit, I never use it. I just don't. I don't really love it. So maybe I'll crack it out for the software. <laughs> but well, then it's, it's a big beast, you know. Then you've got to yeah. move this big old chunk. Yeah. Versus, I would actually prefer to have like a little boutique in front of me, and then I'd use that. So that that's works. The, that's that, where the that's smart that's stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the thing that was I put it to Eric. I said, in many ways, you're actually improving on the synths. You know, like what I said, well, with the yeah. sub 37. So does that mean now if you put more than one oscillator into the mixer, it doesn't crack up quite as much and you can back off that burn? Uh, because you just, it's almost impossible to make a duophonic sound not distorted on a sub 37, whereas you can, obviously, uh, on the... <laughs> On their version, so it's like that sort of all gets a bit mad. Yeah, interesting. Um, okay, right. God, there's so much more, isn't there? There's. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 I I tell you what, I'm going to do this one next because this was this is just a bit of an interesting one. Hey, Mike. Um, I know oh, it's not. It's not that one. Hey, Eric Persing. Oh, that coming. Is it? This Again, one. Here it is. Sonic State. Good to see you as always. Amazing. Eric so, Norlander and the. Uh, check this out. It's a. True analog, oh, yeah. two oscillator monophonic synthesizer from IK, from Multimedia. IK Multimedia. There, that's that's kind yeah. of the headline. That's the headline right there. Uh, that was a big one. I mean, the big news about that is it's a synth from IK Multimedia. Someone who's, I mean, they do make hardware, but they've never made any analog synth as far as I can tell. Kind of, it's like a cross between a a, a Volker and a, and something a bit bigger. It's kind of cause it's got a little sequencer in it and whatnot. Um, Ben, did you check that out? 
Yeah, one nine nine dollars, right? That that's the big the sub headline if you like. Yeah. Really cheap. Um yeah, it reminded me of the ball it reminded me of the uh Waldorf Blofeld with the kind of four program knobs and then buttons yeah. and four Yeah, Matrix. Yeah. Um it looked it looked a little grey to me at some angles, being a little bit judgmental. Um, but I got a great demo from David uh, Mancine from Sound Machines, the Italian company that developed um, the product for IK Multimedia. He had one at his stand and he was bouncing around between Sound Machines upstairs and IK downstairs. It sounded great. They'd clearly put a lot of thought into the actual synthesis engine and giving you a few extra little things in there to just push it beyond what you would expect from a 199. Okay. Um, they, they had the nice performance buttons underneath the matrix, which would just auto-route the LFO. So there was one called WAR, which would just send LFO to filter. There was a um, tremolo, which would just send the LFO to the VCA. It just felt quite performable, and it felt quite nice to use, even if, as I said, it was just a little bit flat, kind of grey-looking to me. I yeah, mem- membrane buttons. Oh, yeah, on the stage. Yeah. I can see why they didn't make it, you know, glaring bright red on black or something, but it, I did wonder how easy it would be to use not under a lot of light. And battery powered as well. I just, I mean, for me, uh, it felt a little bit like that. If, you know, if only the LFO had gone further into audio rates or there was some cross mod or something, it just felt like yeah. it was missing some, just one or, one or two, or even one or two, just sort of slightly you know, more modern synthesis features. I don't know, you were talking about portability, Jamie. You know, this is pretty portable, right? Not my thing. No? No, I'd much rather have an OP1 or something. That's that's sort of like much more my speed. Or an SK1, for that matter. <laughs> well, fair enough. SK1, <laughs> yeah, I'm much more... I'd rather have an SK1 than that. But, uh, <laughs> but it reminds me of... Remember there's a time when Roland put out, like, it was sort of sound canvas era. Oh, yeah. They went to this really weird office vibe, and I had an audio-to-midi converter that kind of looked like this. <laughs> it was like a really unsexy period for Roland, and I don't know, just the membranes, it's just not... Uh, I don't know. It's not doing for it me, for you. Sorry, no. I think they will sell a boatload of them because they have yeah. the channels for the budget stuff. I, just I, I I need to spend a bit more quality time with it. I guess I just on first you know first look it didn't make me go ooh actually that's better than I expected. I mean it was sort of what I expected and no more. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting though, isn't it? That that kind of price point uh, is it, 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 there's not a lot around it, is there? You know the boutiques are just a little bit more money than that. The Volkers are quite a bit less than that. So it's a sort of it's an interesting. It's an interesting gambit, really, going for that sort of price point. I think uh, certainly feature set is really good for the for the money, and I think uh, I, I expect it's going to be a lot of people's first synth. That's yeah, that's that I expect so too. Yeah, um, yeah I expect so that. too. That's nice. Yeah, mm. and I, I like the and idea. To that end, I think. Make, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it will be a brilliant synth for people. And, yeah, I. Agree. I think it's good for the industry, though. I think it's good for the industry, though, because anything that sort of acts as a sort of a, you know, we know what it's like, don't we? A gateway. Once you get one synth, it's the gateway. It's the start. It's, yeah, it's the starting point. The start. Point. So join us. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I, I suppose that's true. Um, okay, right. Uh, well, uh, any other, to- anybody anybody got any particular choices that they want to throw? Yeah. In? I- 
uh, from uh, from it. Okay, okay. well let's. Yep. I'll really? see if I can find I'll it in the super list. quickly. <laughs> I just uh, I sort of wanted to clarify a little bit of my complete passion for retro kits because I just keep you know I just I, I I love what they're doing. I've been going on about it for ages and ages and about uh, USB hosting uh, devices um, and I think they've brought out the nicest USB host that I've Is that seen. The RKO five. The RKO five, yeah, and it's uh, the fact well, that it's okay. The, um, yeah, so the, oh. Ken, you know, the Kenton one's been around for a while, which is oh, Gaz, we're losing you network wise. I can probably pick up there if while Gaz maybe uh, it's other. Okay, I'm going to jump in. Um, yes, RK, RK05 is a little tiny thing. It's got a USB in and a USB out and a MIDI. I think it's a MIDI out for clock. And it works both. And you can put a hub on it. And you could then put more than one device on the hub and feed that through to, you know, your source computer. or, or to, it's, That's that, you know, it's smart stuff. Sorry, Gaz, I interjected because you lost your audio. You're back now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think you just said it there that, the, the fact that you could have put a, a hub on there um uh, i i've you know I, it, a lot to do with this fella you know the uh, the old op1 um there you are nick you can do an op1 in the uh in the show notes now just to get all them like hundred thousand extra views yeah. uh that still it still <laughs> manages to do um but uh the fact that you know devices which uh, don't have any uh any din on there Long live the MIDI DIN. Long live the MIDI DIN. This kind of, uh, you know, brings the MIDI DIN. I would also, a, I would, uh, while we're on the subject of retro kits, I would also like to point out yeah. it's the best swag oh. I've ever had in my life, right? Okay, so Look they it. had a kit. They had they, they made me, uh, this is an RKO3, I think it is, isn't it? Which is the... Uh, one, 004, 004. Uh, uh, 004. One to many, many to one, or cross-patching, clock, and all sorts of stuff. Mm. And... Um, they they made me a special one, so that they said you have to open it and have a look, and it's just this is. Hey, they put, that's quality. Isn't that that's brilliant? Because yeah. I, I got this award from uh, Future Music uh, Music Radio, I think, for last year, and it's. I was thinking when I was going to interview Andrew Hang, I was thinking about wearing it like a medallion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love him, but I just thought it would. I wonder if it would have made things awkward, you know, because it might. Have <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I'd like to point out, and he's a really nice guy, and I, there's no animosity whatsoever. I, just, I was just being a bit uh, mischievous with that one. Um, so yeah, that was well. That's a good one, Gaz. Yeah, the retro kits no, thing, good. definitely. Um, it's really good. Um, ben, what? Do, okay, if I said, you know, I know you mentioned all the modular stuff. Is there anything specific? I mean, you know, you can go back to one of those. Is there one thing that you really just went, yeah, I, I actually really want that, or I think that's a great product possibly the best product um, of the show uh, I, I it's hard to say best product of the show I, I mean I've had quite a lot of it for some time investing some of it so the kind of instant god wow I've got to have this and maybe worn off some of the ones that maybe deserve uh, it yeah. more one thing that was really interesting for modular and a wider audience is had a ton of I.O. I think was the sound machine Archit controller um, which I think is still on Kickstarter for a few weeks. Oh, yeah. And I've redone the touch strip lights style controller with you know, tons of CV, media USB. Oh, we're getting a bad network. I wonder if it's me <laughs> or you. Hold on, I'm sorry about this. It's uh, the, Is that this guy? Did you say, did you say Arches? 
that thing. I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. That really. Remi- you know what that reminds me of? Without the. Without the uh, um, CV control to the right hand side. That reminds me of there was an early. Well, it's very Buckler like, but there was a MIDI man controller that never got made. That was a bit like that. Anyway, that's yeah. it. And what about that weird box that had like sandpaper on it and stuff? <laughs> the sort of oh, like it just had a piezo mic in it. Oh, are the uh, modular field the field kit? Cool idea. Coma field it should, should be it should be a DIY kit because it's clearly just like really simple to make your own. But a nice idea. Yeah. Good good bit of Blue Peter right, sort of Blue Peter meets. Uh, <laughs> You know? Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I should also now this is the other the other thing that came up, which was obviously hey, Mike, um, I this guy. We'll we'll put this up. And the MS one hundred and one, but this is the big this is the big one. Another really big one. It is still made a handmade prototype, but yeah, it's already feature complete. So we decided to show it. You know, Oli promised the Audi like five years ago. So. Behringer got a hell of a lot of exposure during the show. They just made a full-size uh, Odyssey, which I, I, I'm, I'm not... Now, the difference is, I mean, basically, it's a model of the, the Korg Odyssey because it's got the three filter revisions, but it's also got a little sequencer in it, which is a dead ringer of the Minilog sequencer, which I think is perhaps a bit cheeky. Uh, but it's also got a single uh, Clark Technic effects unit in it with multiple algorithms that you can store and recall patches for the, you know, the, the synth doesn't, but the sequencer and the uh, the effects do. And that's quite neat. And I think that's kind of cool. And obviously it's full size. But it seems like a really odd thing to do. I don't know about you, but I mean, I don't know what the, I mean, it's probably going to be cheaper than the, uh, the Korg Odyssey, but you can buy that. It's there. It's been made. It's kind of done. People have said it sounds pretty close to the original or is like the original. Seems like a really weird world, that one. I don't know uh, um, if anyone else feels. And that, that, that for me, I mean, I get the 808 because Roland said we're not making one, whereas the Odyssey is kind of being made, and I didn't really understand that. Yeah, I don't know what you thought about peculiar. that, Ben. Do, do, you think it's, it, it feel, do you think it's just a, a sort of whimsical thing, or do you think it's something a bit There's more to it? Because uh, it feels quite an aggressive thing to do in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I do remember Uli saying it years, you know, five plus years back that he was going to do it, and I can't remember if he if he said it before Korg announced they were doing it, or after, or at the same time to kind of steal some thunder. Um, yeah, it, it feels very different being a, a product that is currently available in a very similar guise. It's not the the boutique digital eight hundred eight, and then you know the different. Behringer 808 clone and the 808's been done to death. Yeah, it feels very different. I know, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but the friends and other industry people that were, that was the one that got them quite angry. They've been quite open about the clones and this this one's caused a lot of um, heated debate, shall we say. I suppose that's the in many ways, that's the purpose of it as well. As we know, Uli is a self-confessed chief disruptor, so uh, I suppose that's another reason for it. Um, I don't, uh, Jamie. Have you got a? Have you got an Odyssey? Have you? Because uh, the Odyssey was a, a real classic synth, certainly in British uh, um, pop music. You know, it was like the punk synth and the gateway for many people. Because first, real, really affordable back then at Poly, so it's got a lot of uh, love for it, I suppose. I loved it. Yeah, I remember there's a bloke that had one when I started making techno and stuff. I couldn't believe, couldn't believe how good it was. I just sampled it loads. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, never had a chance to have one. But this will only be uh, you know three hundred dollars. So well, we don't know <laughs> the price, but yeah, 
there's a possibility it might. Yeah, I suppose we don't know. Yeah, but... No, I mean, I, I did have a play of the new um, Odyssey in the shop here in Nashville, and it, it felt okay. But sometimes I have a bit of a problem with the keybeds; they don't feel that great, a bit squidgy. So maybe they'll maybe they'll disquidgify the keybed, and it might actually mm-hmm. play. Yeah, maybe. Well, there's also a desktop version now that uh, Korg make, so that might be the one to go for. That actually does look really good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's so much choice out there. If I was going to go down that road, I'd probably, probably, you know, get into the Euro-Rack dimensions. So, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is a bit of a naughty move. But, I mean, like you say, Mm. if you are are a disruptor, then uh, disrupt away. (laughs) <laughs> but how many, how many, how many Stratocasters were at Nam this year? You know, very, you know, like all sorts of Strat, you know, identical oh, yeah. to Fender Stratocasters. You know, it's a little bit like that, yeah. isn't it? With an old, with it being an old product. So, hmm. I mean, my interest is in the new stuff more than all this old stuff anyway. So I like the the Midas Behringer approach of updating things a lot rather than this, uh, you know. So I don't know. I think maybe old stuff is fair, fair cop, possibly. Yeah, it's difficult. I think the difficulty is it's a bit like, um, uh, you know, there's a similar sort of ethic, isn't there, where it, it, it's some of the old guys who are now really old and perhaps not doing very well wealth-wise, you know, they, they're they the guys that put a lot into this and they're sort of getting nothing. And that, that feels bad. You know, if yeah, early said, yeah, I'm going to do this, but what I'm going to do is, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I've forgotten the name of the chap who was one of the, uh, uh, um, Perlman, wasn't it? Who's now passed, I think, or was very unwell. I, I bet I've got that right, because that would be a terrible Alan mistake. Alan Perlman. Um, uh, yeah, that that means that there's a... Uh, God, Gaz. Amazing. Just, hold on. Look at that. Look at that. What the Please. hell's going what? on there? There must be some kind of weird. You've got a swarm of bees on your face. I don't know what the hell's going on. Make it stop. Make it stop. Why has it done that? That is really weird. What's it done that that for? That That must be some sort of compression. Make it stop. That's the poster Ah. frame. No, it's like all the effect after that party where he was in Seabit. Yeah, you're. Oh! back. You just walked him off. That's really what weird. That? Did you just what wipe that off? I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's it's compression because of all the detail on your beard. When you put your hand across it, it doesn't have to make so much work of it. So it clears the... <gasps> that's a weird... <laughs> oh, that's, that's the weirdest so thing ever. Good. That is really weird. Uh, okay, uh, we've done... Our, um, oh, yeah, this was... A, you don't, you saw, you, Super Move 2018. Sinstrom Deluge. Oh my god, it's so late. Ian Sorry about this. I didn't realise what the time Sinstrom, was. Sinstrom. And we're looking at the Deluge. Now it's on. Version 2 is going to be coming out in June. And look at this. There's an Arranger mode. Look at this. Right. Uh, very quickly, I didn't realise it was quite so late. It's how just how fa- how far we've gone. There's been so much to talk about. Sinstrom Deluge, really interesting thing. I mean, I know it's been out for a while. It's been kind of bubbling away. Version two seems to add a lot of stuff, but this looks like every, it's almost like does it do this? Yes, it does, and this, and this, and this as well. <laughs> it, it seems to be yeah. the most ridiculously fully featured standalone yeah. battery pack. Is it battery pack? Oh yeah, it's a battery powered as well. Yeah. Is it this? Yeah, it does that. It plays back stems. It does what? It's got synths in it. I mean, it was mental. Absolutely, you did the thing. I mean, you know, I could see that you were yeah. just kind of getting a little bit overexcited. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you just take it for granted that those desktop units have these kind of limitations that 
four bar maximum pattern, for instance, that type of thing. Like this, though, it can go from one bar to 10,000 bars. The BPM can go from one BPM to 10,000 BPM. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of that kind of stuff. It's like yeah. you don't expect that kind of you know that that sort of thing in in a box like this we're so used to these restrictions so um gosh you know it's built-in microphones Poland, you can right. sam sample directly and no from new zealand, new zealand yeah now I, oh. we thought that we were trying to work out what are the tech company come from new zealand and couldn't think at the time but serato serato were also from new zealand oh, oh there we go it's like that it's like that tour game you play when you're you're touring in obscure countries in uh, around the world and you've got to come up with hit records from that country that's always a good one they're difficult uh, holland that's a tricky one anyone got any holland mm, i've got one for you well I'll, I'll, I'll golden earring there was that one yeah there we go. Anyway, that's there enough. So, um, ben, on, and Gaz can do the entire rendition. But this looks really <laughs> cool, Ben. I mean, because we got, I guess, you know, you've got the MPCX, we've got a uh, circuit, but this just seems to kind of blow all of that away, but with its own way of doing things as well. Did you get a chance to, I mean, have you heard about this thing? I'd heard about it before the show and was told, why are we all sleeping on this? Why do none of us know about it? This thing's amazing. And that was Jeremy from Redmond Recording. Uh, the YouTube channel, wow. um, just kind of messaging a few people, um, just said, you've all got to check this out. This is ridiculous. And, um, mm. yeah, it instantly kind of shot right up the radar as a few friends did that once, just saying we've all been sleeping on this thing. And it really goes kind of next level for its size and appearance. So, and yeah, price, $900. I mean, that's just... It seems like a, a ton of stuff for it. And apparently sounds great, which... You know, it actually sounds very good as well. It isn't just a everything's thrown in with a kitchen sink. Yeah, I, I, I just saw it for a second. Isn't it just a lot of buttons? Uh, well, no, it's a DSP. Oh, I that's... mean, it, that's the, it is a lot of buttons, but it's got uh, it, it's got disc streaming, it's got sampling, it's How got. How do you talk input. to it though? Uh, well, it, how does one interact with the deluge? Well, <laughs> via, so what via happens is buttons, you, you, digital beam. It's via buttons. Each one of those, there's 128 pads on the left, and then I think is it another 16, 16 yeah. on, on, on the right. So those, the ones on the right double as kind, um, as kind of like mute and uh, solo buttons, that whatever. But but uh, there's shortcuts virtually on every pad, and then there's like an eight-digit LED at the top. But really, when you see it working, there's a couple of rotating knobs as well. So it's a, you really are kind of hitting pads, spinning knobs. Now, the guy who was demonstrating it, it was absolutely, you know, he was brilliant That's at the it. You know, pitch, cl man. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. He was clearly brilliant at it. You know, he knew the way around it. But I thought, like, you can get like a full scrolling arranger on there. Like, so like a Cubase type scrolling arranger, like with the, with those little cubes all moving along, which uh, I've never seen on a on a device like this before. But uh, I think the workflow looks really nice on it. I know a lot of people are complaining about that little screen, but I love a screenless workflow myself. So well, yeah, Circuit really doesn't appeals. have that. And to no. be fair, you know, little screen. Mm -hmm. Well, it has it's even littler than Electron. Electron is a pretty obscure way of working, but people seem to dig that. So maybe it's a it's a contender. I mean, looking at that mm -hmm. again. It's, I, yeah, it's. I have to try and check one out. Mm. I think Although so. it'll be one of those reviews where you just oh. think, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't got 
two months to get to know this thing so can well. I, can I just say? Can I just say the final thing on this? So it's uh, um, it's been around for about two years now, but the functionality has grown and grown and grown across. I think about four major up. Uh, big updates. Now, the thing that makes this quite special is those updates have almost been created by the user base. They really have been incredibly responsive to the users. So the users have essentially turned it into what it's becoming by them, you know, really reaching to the community to decide on, you know, how how it should go. He really wanted to emphasize emphasize that as well, which I thought was really nice, you know, because you know that kind of Roland or whatever not listening to you. Uh, this is the opposite. This this really is what people have wanted it to become. So that's cool. You'd yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what the, the what what stereotype you're referring to. Seem really, really. I mean, you know, did this seem really approachable? If you were going to be a hippie from New Zealand, I'd I'd probably be right up for hanging. <laughs> well there we go wow i mean there's so much i mean there's there's more we could cover i mean that's the thing about this ah, so it, much you know, there so were much. so many things there um oh i did get this, this arrived this was waiting for me when i got back so i've got the uh pittsburgh audio uh, uh voltage 3900 uh, what's it called volt Microvolt 1300, there we go. And uh, it came with a T-shirt, which I thought I'd wear because my T-shirt was a bit shabby. And as I said, I want to say thank you to all of the people that came up and said hi and took photos and all that sort of thing. I'm sorry I was so shabbily dressed. I'll, I'll try and be a bit more chipper next time. There's something about, you know, a sharp-dressed man in that situation that helps helps portray the right public image rather than a sort of crumpled 50-something kind of shuffling about the place but with lots of wires hanging know- off him. Do we know if Superbooth is happening at the same time, same place next year? Is it, have they made any announcement yet? No, not not a sausage. Uh, I, not just. No, no. I went to I went to the shop Schneidersladen on Monday after the event, and it will be at the same place, but no dates confirmed. So it will definitely ah, be That's good. I, I would just recommend to everybody, like I said at the start of the show, as soon as it's announced, just make your plans. You know, book do it book it you know and come because it really is it's it's the meeting of, of the tribe really and it that, absolutely that is, that is true thing, i i think you can say yeah no it. jamie we were talking about it actually uh we were saying wouldn't it be really cool if we could just get all the sonic talk gang there and do a, like a a special or something Very, that would yeah. just be did you see richard divine stage part? stage we want a stage we want a stage oh, oh stage, sorry stage stage yeah, shush, guys, stage we want a stage okay all right <laughs> Sorry, get up, Jamie. What was that? I noticed that Richard Devine, that Richard Devine did a show, and you know, yes. me and Richard are old friends. So I, I always, I bumped into, I did bump into him. Uh, I was trying to do an interview at the Yamaha booth, and I, I, and he ran late, and then I went off to get something and came back because he was running late, and then he he was there, and it was just it didn't work. But I talked to him briefly, and then we said, well, look, why don't you go and do this interview with these other people? And he was absolutely out of it because he basically come from Mexico City gone home for eight hours to do his laundry and then flown to Berlin to do these shows. And he just he just said that this is kind of one of the toughest schedules I've ever had. You know, he just said it was absolutely out of it. So I don't, I don't think he really wanted to be on camera, but fair enough. You know, there you go. Uh, but yes, I did see him. And then we posted a news item of him with the montage and the... Because uh, he he, he's done a whole load of new presets for the uh, montage, performances for the montage, because he did a lot of the sound design for that, which is an insanely complex synthesizer. And that and his modular, I posted it on the on the show, the, the yeah. site today, and it sounded really good. True you know? master, man. Richard oh, totally. is next level. 
I know impressive. he is. He is the king of How modular. does he do it? I see like every day you post on Instagram another incredible modular patch. I'm like, I literally don't know how he does it time-wise. I'm not just, sure. Do you think maybe he has people working for... Or maybe it's just one massive patch that you could, you could just change. What he does is he just changes the colours of the patch leads and then sort of changes <laughs> a few input CV voltages and changes the clock division and it's kind of, you know, who could tell? Would All oh, that sounds an awful lot like that other one. You know, because it's so complicated, you know, it's sort of, <laughs> maybe not. I'm a bit unkind. Anyway, um, that is it for this week. Thank you ever so much. I, I, I just wanted to finish you off with it. There were a couple of images from our last, this was, uh, remember this? I don't think you were there, Div Kid. I, at least I don't recall it. Ben, uh, this was at the kick in, which is uh, this bar here, uh, um, no. which we ended up because they kicked us out of the hotel. And that's the last shot of the, uh, of the, fe of the thing we were pretty tired and emotional by that time but get this is the part after this gaz then went to the party that resulted in him in not making the plane home so that's why it happened folks thank you everybody i know it's running a bit late today thanks ever so much for watching thanks for hanging in there thank you to isotope for the uh, uh continued sponsorship of the show don't forget if you want to win uh, neutron two uh, mixing mix masking meter is the hashtag we're looking for one word in the hashtag neutron to at sonic state and at isotope inc that's mix masking meter as one word neutron two at sonic state i was hoping blah, blah, blah. right don't forget um <laughs> your original song contest this weekend eh <laughs> oh god no <laughs> go on the dutch yeah whatever i like i always like to watch it. it's great for a bit of live tweeting because it's you could get so so uh snarky with it uh, without feeling like you're offending anybody because nobody cares um <laughs> anyway guys thank you so much thank you mr jamie liddell uh who's there thank in you. nashville uh check out his uh, uh jamie liddell music where you have hanging out with audio files podcast um who's thank your you. latest yeah. guest um it's kimbra Okay. Kimbra, wow. the New Zealander, you know, yeah, uh, continuing yeah. the New Zealand, friendly New Zealand. Incredibly team. talented. She's very talented and, and really fascinating. So, yeah, do check out Kimbra. She's she's ace. Uh, Excellent. Well, thank you. I do some tape phasing as well, Gaz, with a Nakamichi. Oh, awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, check that. Well, thank you very much, Jamie. dollars tape Wow. Phase. Nice. And also, Mr. Divkid Ben Wilson, um, thank you for joining us. I know your family credits must be running low after being out of town for so long. So, uh, does your does your child <laughs> remember what you look like? Is your wife still <laughs> still she, friendly? <laughs> yeah, child was amazed to see my face in the morning. I can hear her thrashing around like crazy in the bath at the minute. So, um, I'll yeah, <laughs> um, just really quickly, just things um i'm going on a show with bo beaks tomorrow evening uh, live at 8 p.m uk on his channel and then sunday 8 p.m my channel uh talking with kim bjorn from push turn move about patch and tweak with chris meyer that's also involved with that book excellent a so that's youtube div kid video right uh you best finding me on i guess facebook at, at div kid and twitter and i'll, I'll post links Brilliant. Their other channel jumping on, but yeah. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much, cool. Ben. No problem. And also, Mr. Gaz Williams, thank you for joining us as well. I'm sorry about that uh, infestation that you seem to have earlier. That's the weirdest thing I've oh, ever seen. But that's uh, the weirdest thing ever, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but thanks. I mean, I was going to apologise for cook, trying to cut in all the time, but it's because I was so excited. There's so much to talk about, isn't there, with uh, Superfood. So, but yeah, but thanks a lot. And yeah, see you next time. 
Right, we'll see you all, folks. That's it. That's end of Sonic Talk episode uh, <laughs> five three two. I think it is, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. See you later. <laughs> Bye now.